Golf and rock and roll? Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway Don't want no hackers to get in my way The boys and me got a big NASA going it's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Where is he? Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G, along with the best caddy on the planet, Rich B, the one and only. Hey, Go. where's my applause? I need some applause. Yeah. Go Red Sox. You Whoa! Don't, you don't it's ask for applause. You uh, you earn applause, Rich. Uh, we're uh, we're gonna finish it off tonight. Uh, you've, and you've Red earned Sox. applause. Let's get it on. Uh, cannot wait. Hey, Holly, Rich B. Any golf for you? You've been playing any golf, Holly? Uh, I'm I'm coming back, Rich B. This weekend, you know, it, this has not been Holly G's year. A lot of, uh, a <laughs> lot of injuries. And, um, but, um, got it, been working with a new trainer and, uh, working with my awesome chiropractors, Dr. Alejandro and Bethany Aponte at Active Life Chiropractic. Getting me all fixed up with my plantar fasciitis. Can't even spell that word. It's as hard as spelling my last name. But anyway, it's all good. Feeling good. And you ready to tee it up again? Ready to tee it up. You and me. Now we're going into our season, Rich B. The right? shoulder season here the shoulder in Orlando. season when you and I just have our knockdown drag out oh, matches. I had one today. Played Hunter's Creek. Awesome. Played with my boy Sammy. Made a hole-in-one last week. Ooh. Nice. You know, hole-in-ones are great. Fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, we had a nice uh, two-man uh, match play event out there today. It was fun. Great, great, great time. The golf course is in good shape. And, uh, you know, it's a good time of year to be playing in uh, Central Florida. Awesome. All over. I hear uh, the greens are good. If we look across uh, over my way, the Apopka area, Arrow Estate, real good. Uh, Deer Island with new owners. If you catch out Florida Golf Central Magazine, they've got it featured in the magazine. The the greens are just fantastic out that way. And uh, Hunter's Creek, Rich B., how's it, how's it out there in your you know neck it, of the it's woods? It's good. You know, but the, 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 the worst part about it, is people are going to be overseeding here shortly. In the next month or so, everybody will have uh, the winter ryegrass down. So, uh, you know, it, it's nice. You know, it looks beautiful. But, you know, your good greens now are going to be a little shaky here in another month. And speaking of uh, good golf going on, we've got uh, the Class 1A going on, uh, the boys and girls year-end event uh, for the high schoolers. Are, you know, they're finishing up out there. Uh, the boys are at uh, Deer Island, and the girls are uh, uh Lake Club in Tavares, yes. And you can actually uh, check out the Sentinel. They'll tell you where to go and what it costs to, to check out the event. It's pretty cool. You go out and uh, see some uh, high school golf going on and support the junior golf scene. And these kids are pretty good uh, on these golf teams. Very good. And hats off to Ryan Moore, capturing his third win on the PGA Tour at uh, the tournament, 
last week in Malaysia. A little bit of rainy weather over there halfway, on Sunday. Halfway around the world. Well, it was fun. You, you know, could tune in the Golf Channel at 11 o'clock and, you know, get, get golf till 3 in the morning. I'm sure you were happy in the old Barca lounger with the no, bunny slippers on. I am uh, without Golf Channel and all the drama that goes with Golf Channel these days. There's a little drama going on a over there. A little drama going on and uh, Bra- Brandel Chambly, as we talked about last week and um, his uh, situation with the story he wrote about Tiger Woods at Golf.com, supposedly on uh, Golf Central right now, and we're going to be getting a report uh, shortly um, from uh, Jeff Babineau from Golf Week as soon as uh, that that, uh, interview is over. So lots going on in the golf world. Locally. We've, Locally, we've, we got stuff going well, on here. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know. It's a, a little bit of a, <laughs> a slow week, unfortunately. I think when this story broke, but um, you know, uh, probably Brando maybe you know went a little bit too far. But um, you know, hey, it, it's a tough job. You get paid to sit in that chair and do the analysis, and um, you know, Rich B, it ain't easy. No, it's not. It's uh, you know, heavy as the crown. Heavy is the crown who wears the uh, the king that wears the crown. Anyway, you know what? It, it, it is, you know, a, a high visibility position. And he's going to attract a little attention in that seat. And sometimes, uh, you know, it might go a little too far. Well, we know, uh, you know, there there were a number of uh, rules situations this year uh, as far as Tigers was concerned. And we talked about those last week. And we'll be talking about them a little bit more in detail uh, as we uh, have our first insider up, Jeff Babineau from Golf Week, as well as Bob Herrick from ESPN.com to talk about this a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, I think um, for the for, for the most part, uh, you know, probably went a little bit over the top in his characterization of it. But, um, you know, certainly in terms of what has what has happened, um, you know, he he uh, he certainly as Brandle does, um, you know, I think pointed out. Some accurate criticism in terms of what's been going on, <laughs> and that's what Brandel does. And uh, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that love Golf Channel and watch it religiously. And you know, uh, and he, he does have a good following. He's got a lot of people that follow him and believe, uh, you know, what it is that he has to say. Brandel's a very popular guy on uh, Golf Channel. And the WGC HSBC in Shanghai, China, big tournament this week. And again, we'll. Beginning to watch golf uh, at in the evening hours as uh, we're 12 hours uh, away time-wise from China, and this has a huge field. Rich B, a it's lot a of world, guys, World Golf Championship, World Golf Championship, and a lot of guys uh, playing for um, you know points on the FedEx Cup. Uh, there's positioning for the race to Dubai. There's a lot going on here, and it's got a terrific field. Phil Mickelson, Jeff, Jason Duffner, uh, Justin Rose. Sergio Garcia, Keegan Bradley. Ian Poulter, defending champ. Ian Poulter, defending champ. So uh, Brent Snedeker is playing. This is is a jam-packed field. It's going to be a fun tournament to watch. So we've got a lot coming up here on the Golf Insiders tonight. Stay with us. We're going to have that breaking news on Brandel Chambly coming up next. 7.40 the game. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank uh, three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. 
Welcome back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with Rich B. Uh, Rich, the second uh, event of the Space Coast Pro Tour took place Monday and Tuesday out at Orange Lake Resort. And uh, hats off to Matt Moot, who uh, shot 73-70 in the Open Division to win uh, the second event. Charles Rollison and Doug Dunicky, uh tied for the uh, 47-plus division. And this could have been you, buddy, in the Legends could division. Could have been me. Yeah, pay attention to all you seniors out there. All you seniors, 47 years old, you get to play the updies. There you go. A little senior division uh, bonus. So uh, hats off to our friends there at the Space Coast Pro Tour for uh, their second event out at Orange Lake Resort. And... Uh, we're going to go straight to uh, one of our favorite golf insiders from Golf Week magazine and GolfWeek.com, Jeff Babineau, AJB. What's up, Holly? Hey, uh, you, were you watching the uh, Golf Channel and Brandel a few minutes ago? Oh, of course. Yeah, I watched it. It was, it was interesting, you know. Um, I think Brandel laid it out pretty well, honestly. I mean, he, he admitted he went a little too far um, and should have stopped in writing that Tiger had a year in which he was cavalier with the rules. I mean, certainly that was pretty well documented. But, you know, when he brought in an example of uh, his own cheating as a young student in elementary school and, and kind of connected the dots to uh, saying Tiger cheated, it, it just went a little too far. So, you know, I'm, it's, it's probably a relief to him that he got on there, talked about it, and and try to get this in the rearview mirror a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, given the chatter the last couple of days of uh, of the effect that uh, his agent Mark Steinberg, as well as Tiger, were hinting that maybe the uh, Golf Channel should take action, which I think in its own right was over the top. Yeah, great. I mean, Brandel. Yeah, Brandel's paid to give his opinions, give his analysis. Uh, I don't know that people realize how hard he works off camera to form such a, a well, uh, you know, rounded and thoughtful and insightful analysis and opinion each week. He works real hard at it, takes it very seriously. Um, he's on a lot of hours as one of the premier guys over there. And, and uh, you know, this was something that happened even in print and not even on air. So, um, you know, he's uh, – I enjoy watching Brandel and hearing the insights that he brings to the game. I, I do too, and he's and he's not afraid to go out on the limb and give uh, his opinion, which sometimes, uh, you know, uh, is not a popular opinion. So I think we all pre- appreciate, um, you know, some of his uh, his, as you say, very in depth analysis of things. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I always Je- Jeff Rudin and I'll joke covering majors. Uh, you know, we'll say, man, some of these guys ought to try playing for the New York Knicks and have a three for 19 shooting night and see what kind of press they get. And, and it's just, you know, golf's not that, you know, uh, accustomed to it, the critical side of things. You know, it's easier to go find a guy when he shoots 66 at a tournament and you're less likely to talk to the guy who shoots 78. So, uh, it's just kind of a little bit of the nature of the sport. And, um, certainly Tiger didn't like it. His agent didn't like it. And, and they, uh, Try to make something happen here. Well, uh, let's uh, take a look at the WGC 
HSBC tournament coming up in Shanghai, a loaded field um, with, uh, you know, Phil Mickelson coming off not the the best uh, tournament over in Malaysia, but said he hit it pretty well on Sunday, so uh, we could keep our eyes on Phil. But what do you see uh, coming up this week in China? Yeah, it's a good field. 40 of the top 50 this time of year is, is amazing, really. I mean, it wasn't all that long ago when, these guys would play the PGA Championship and maybe a Ryder Cup, and the clubs would go away for the winter. And, and yeah, here we are. It's almost November, and you have 40 of the top 50 playing halfway across the globe. I mean, big purse, a really good field, really strong, and uh, a lot of stars there. So, yeah, I think it's neat that uh, Asia has this two-week swing where the game is, you know, trying to grow and, and really take hold and, and uh, blossom, and uh, having the big stars there helps a lot. Despite uh, some rain delay on Sunday, in fact, they had to finish uh, last week's tournament on Monday for a playoff, uh, Ryan Moore captured his third win. Um, you know, he, he was just such a standout amateur when he played at UNLV, won uh, the U.S. Amateur Publinks twice, the Western Am. Uh, you think he's kind of uh, rising to the top now a little bit, coming into his coming into his own? Yeah, I mean, he had a tough start in that he was, uh, he was injured always coming out of the gates, so he, he had you know, one of the most memorable amateur seasons ever, really, uh, coming out and was a big standout at UNLV. And, and um, yeah, he came out and had early wrist uh, injuries. So he never really got going. Um, it was interesting, you know, he's facing Gary Woodland in the playoff on uh, Monday morning. Gary's had his own wrist injuries and uh, things to work through. So uh, it's good to see guys like that work their way through those things and, and get there. And they, they both, both those guys have a lot of talent. And you'd expect to see them where they were a little bit more. Yeah, on that 18th, it, it kind of came down to a little bit of a shootout to get into the playoff. Chris Stroud almost holed out uh, from the edge on 18. And then uh, you have my favorite new name in golf, Ampy Barnrat from Thailand, just <laughs> missing on 18 as well. Uh, you know, it's fun to see some of these guys. Uh, and, and he's certainly a, a, a rising star, too. Yeah, and Moore made a great Par there on 18 to force Woodland to make a birdie putt that didn't go down, and and uh, you know, but it's amazing these guys. I think you know we get wowed by their power and and uh, Peter Green how they hit the ball, but you know, watching these guys with their short game, watching Ryan Moore get up and down with ease as he did to, to save a par there at the 72nd hole and even get into that playoff, it was you know amazing. So um, yeah, it was good stuff, and uh, probably more good stuff this week. And we have the race to Dubai with uh, Henrik Stenson possibly of setting uh, some big records here if he were to win the European Tours race to Dubai and the FedEx Cup in one season. Right, so the Europe uh, starts kind of their playoff run with the BMW last week in China and, and the race to Dubai. And again, you're getting a lot of good names in there. Um, and I, I, you know, Stenson i got to think it's a little bit worn out. I mean, it has to take a lot out of you, the, the run he had and how well he played in that, that one stretch. And he's even had some tendonitis issues. So, you know, you're running into a, a situation where these guys are playing so much golf. You know, you're going to have some, some health things crop up. So, uh, you know, you got to keep an eye out on that. And But certainly the way he played the second half of the year was astounding. And uh, you want to see him keep playing well because he could be a really big factor in the majors come 2014. Lydia Ko, uh, who we've been following from Canada, uh, turning pro, just announced 
will be playing in the LPGA season 2014. 16, I believe. Yes? Yeah, 16. So uh, call the pro. I mean, hey, if you're the fifth best in the world, which I think that's your world ranking, you should be able to work on the, the best tour in the world that's available to you, I, I think. I, to me, it's I can see issues with the age if people didn't handle themselves, if they weren't quite mature enough to handle the scene. But she's proven it. She's won out there twice already. Uh, and she's a great talent, and, and it's going to be a great asset for that tour for a long time. So, um, you know, in golf, when you can shoot the numbers, I really don't see the uh, the big bonus in, in holding some of these young stars back, especially the ones like the Gitana Gardens that are so tested when they get to this big stage. Well, there's some uh, other fun going on. I know uh, looking at golfweek.com, there's the long drive competition that's going to be on Golf Channel tonight, isn't it, Jeff? Uh, out in Las Vegas. Yeah, we got James Achenbach out there. He wrote a, a cool series on a lot of these pioneers of the long drive. And, and I was watching some of it last night as they get down to the final eight. Uh, this year it moves into the Las Vegas Speedway. And, and it's exciting. I mean, these guys are just. They're animals. Is that the coolest oh. setup they have at, on the Speedway? I mean, they've got this huge platform. They were showing a little bit of it on Morning Drive this morning on the Golf Channel. You know, they got this huge platform set up. They've they've got part of the racetrack, you know, obviously turfed. And, uh, I mean, if they pack those stands, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, they got it. it looks like it kind of goes around one of the turns, so it's not, it doesn't look too bad if you move it a little right to left even. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you got that shot, don't you, Babs? I got all that shot. Yeah, but mine, mine usually fizzles out at about probably about 242 these days. <laughs> I don't think I have the 400 shot. Um, you've been, you've been, fun you've, to watch. You've been out on the road, uh, you know, a good part of this year, Jeff. What, are, what have been some of the standout moments for you uh, for this season? Uh, you know, always the majors and just and watching some of these kids come through and, you know, to watch, uh, you know, Jordan Spieth at the President's Cup and think, you know, you're watching this kid play U.S. Juniors not that long ago uh, and to be out there on that big stage and excelling. And, and I love the fact that some of these young kids come along and there really isn't much um, in terms of intimidation. You know, Marco Mir and some of the old guard talk about the days when they get out to that big tour and it was such an intimidating thing. And, now we see like a Lydia Ko and a Jordan Spieth, and, and there'll be more like them that just get out here and they're ready to compete. And, and that's fun because it pushes the veterans, and they have to work hard to stay where they are. And then you have this young guard coming up trying to take their spot, and it just uh, creates for a great competitive atmosphere. And speaking of uh, veterans, of course, too, the Charles Schwab Cup uh, finishing out in uh, San Francisco. Uh, looks like Kenny Perry uh, seems to be in a pretty good position there. Yeah, and it's a fun group. I mean, I spent some time out there on the Champions Tour and did the event up at the old side of the BC Open up at Enjoy this summer. Those guys are having fun, you know. You know John Cook, uh, he was going to play Champions Tour golf till he was 55 and reassessed, and he doesn't want to leave that place. And a guy like Kenny Perry still strikes it so well, you think he'd, you know, if he putted well, he could still compete on the regular tour. So, uh, again, you know, these these guys, they love to compete and their games don't slip all that much when they, when they get out there past 50. It's still a, a high level of golf, and uh, they have some fun doing it. Never, nobody covers uh, golf across the board better than Golf Week. And, uh, of course, the college season now kicking in in full gear, too. So there's a lot of uh, golf that people can follow if they want to watch, as, as you guys write so extensively about every week, you know, some of the young uh, 
young juniors that are coming up um, through the college ranks? Well, we even have our own Adam Shupak up there working on a piece on your Space Coast Pro Tour. So That's right. We've got, got, got a mini tour look coming up here in our next issue, uh, November 8th. So, uh, yeah, we like to cover all levels and have a lot of fun doing it. And uh, it's amazing, you know, that you can cover golf all over the world and all over the globe and all over the uh, calendar. So it's uh, we try to try to bring a little fun and lightness to our jobs and enjoy it a lot. Jeff Babineau, Golf Week and GolfWeek.com. Thank you so much, my friend, as always. And uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. What do you think? Are they going to, the Bosox going to do it tonight? Oh, yeah. Party like it's 1918. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go Sox. Thanks, JB. Sox. All right. You're listening yeah. to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. We've got more coming up. Stay with us. Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play a pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. If we could just make We're back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with Rich B. And uh, Rich, we have had some delicious golf weather the past week. Oh, my gosh. This is as good as it gets around here this time of year. No rain to worry about. Fairways are fast and dry. And I can even hit it a long way. You can? Yeah, you get that good roll out there right now, you know. But don't hit it in the rough. The rough's a little tough, right? All right. Well, hey, um, you know, you were talking about the legends earlier, and you um, actually secured the legends division of the North Florida section event a few weeks ago. Big win! It was a huge win uh, over a huge field, might add. But uh, a win is a win. Ginormous. Hey, they're not giving those things away. I will say that. Well, uh, of course, uh, the Champions Tour has been uh, just, you know, they've been all over the place this year, from Hawaii to Florida to Quebec, uh, you name it. Now they're out in San Francisco at the TPC Harding Park for the 26th and final event of the 2013 season, the Charles Schwab Cup. We're going to go to one of our favorite insiders. We haven't talked to him in a few weeks, Vartan Capellian. From PGATour.com to tell us what's going on out there with all the champions. And where's my man, Freddie, Martin? Uh, Freddie just uh, finished his pro-am round a little while ago, and uh, it's great. I mean, Harding Park is a wonderful golf course, a terrific setting. Um, you know, you can see Olympic Club from here. It's just been so far a really nice couple of days. San Francisco, tough duty out there, my friend. Beautiful time of year to be in San Fran. Yeah, not bad, not bad. If we could do something about the traffic, we'd be all right. Well, this is a course with a lot of history to it. Uh, has been honored as what the top one of the top uh, what fifteen municipal courses in the United States, and one of the best to play in California. Yeah, at least it's a wonderful golf course. Uh, on my short list, it might be even a little bit higher. Uh, as far as a public access golf course goes, this is uh, this is pretty special here. 
Well, we've got uh, Kenny Perry just having a great season. Um, you know, certainly Kenny had some disappointments, especially kind of in the closing years of his career. Many will remember when uh, the Masters slipped away from him a couple of years ago. Bernhard Longer, of course, I mean, he's just the just the robot. That guy is the Energizer Bunny, keeps going and going. And Duffy Waldorf coming out this year and having a pretty good season. Well, you know, a lot of guys have had good seasons. They've had, what, seven or eight guys win uh, two events each. Of course, Perry has won three times, including back-to-back majors. So, uh, yeah, and a lot of guys have had terrific seasons. Uh, longer, winning twice. Uh, I mean, I wrote the other day how many top fives he had. I mean, something you know, something crazy, like 14 top fives or something. You know, I mean, he's, he's on a leaderboard every single week. Uh, and that's because he plays every single week and plays really, really well. Uh, interesting situation here. You know, he has to win to win the million-dollar annuity. And he has to win, and Kenny Perry has to finish no better than uh, tie for fifth. Uh, so there's still a lot going on. Obviously, Perry is the prohibitive favorite, but uh, things could change here. Well, I, you know, I just, I, I love watching these guys, and of course now, uh, you know, getting lots of coverage on on the Golf Channel as well. Uh, but you're in a part of the country that's just loaded with great golf, of course, Pebble Beach. Um, you know. And uh, many, many good courses. What, tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about California golf. And you've you've played all over the world. What are some of your favorites? Well, I mean, first of all, you have to make the distinction between uh, when you say California golf, the distinction between the uh, Bay Area, San Francisco, Monterey Peninsula, and uh, Southern Cal, San Diego, L.A. area. Two distinctly different kinds of golf courses. Uh, Monterey Peninsula is just just lovely. It's two hours down the road from where I'm standing right now, uh, and I'll be making my way down there on Monday for a few days, because when you live in Detroit and it's almost November and you come all this way, it's really a shame not to go to Monterey Peninsula for a few days. Uh, the golf courses here are, are, are classic, uh, traditional-type golf courses with huge trees. I mean, some of the biggest trees you've ever seen on this golf course. Uh, on all the golf courses around here, Olympic, uh, Lake Merced, this place. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just pure golf that's right in front of you. You, you seldom get anything crazy here. I mean, it's, it's classic golf design. You can play the ball on the ground. You can play the ball in the air, whatever, whatever your preference. But, uh, it's, it's, it's excellent golf. The kind of golf I really like because I can miss shots and roll them and have them get close to the green, you know? So that's my kind of golf. Hey, there's no reason to rush back to Detroit, right? Varden, there's, uh, there's not a whole lot going on, uh, this time of year. No reason to rush back at all. I would stay longer if I could, but I think there's, uh, statute of limitations on these, uh, golf trips. Except for the Tigers getting uh, booted out of the playoffs, which I'm sure you weren't too happy about. Uh, you know, I'm not a big Tiger fan. Uh, it was, it, it was fine. It was fine with me. It works. It works for me. So. Well, how about the Lions? Uh, yeah, I was, what's that? How about the Lions then? They're showing hey, some Master, hope. You know, hey, I spent I spent 42 years covering professional sports, uh, so I kind of know where all the warts are. <laughs> uh, and, and and you know, I I don't get excited about a guy, you know, who uh, hits 160, makes three million dollars, and complains about the food in the locker room. You know, and so I'm I'm kind of skeptical when it comes to some professional sports so i'm not a real big fan 
Uh, you know, and that's why for me, golf is, is so much different. These guys, if they don't perform, they don't get paid. It's real simple. Now, look, we know they get treated wonderfully. They have all the, you know, the, the cars and, and all the good things that happen. But the bottom line is, if they don't perform, they don't get paid, you know? And so it kind of, I kind of think that's pretty cool in this day and age where guys who, as I said before, can't hit their weight, make $4 million a year guaranteed. So <laughs> to answer your question, now, that doesn't mean I'm not looking forward to the ball game tonight. <laughs> I'm, uh, certainly, I'm certainly looking forward to that. But I think from a different perspective that most people have. Absolutely. No doubt about it. And, um, you know, I, I, we've seen some great comeback stories in golf. And when, when you really look at what it takes for some of these guys to really dig deep. And Henrik Stenson this year was a great example. I mean, here was a guy who was, you know, he, he had... He he was playing in his club championship over there in Sweden or something, you know, a couple of years ago. And now, you know, look at him just uh, having the best year of his life, winning the FedEx Cup and possibly on his way to the um, race to Dubai. Yeah, as opposed to people who uh, signed $220 million uh, endorsement contracts and can't break 75. Uh, Stenson oh. was a guy who, Stenson was a guy who, you know, uh, he was either going to do it or he was just going to find another line of work. He applied himself, worked hard. Good for him, I say. Hey, careful, uh, Varden. They dragged uh, uh, Brandel Chambly out, and they're ready to put him on the cross. So you don't want to, you know, you don't want to uh, go down that road. You got to be careful. I, what I you can't. Say. I can't imagine. I can't imagine anything I've just said is going to get me in trouble. <laughs> and, if, and if it does, boy, something's yeah. really screwy. Yeah, you got to be very careful these days uh, with the viral media uh, waiting to well, hang. Well, and, and actually, you know, Varden, yeah. we were talking about uh, that that earlier. Um, you know, w- with uh, Jeff Babineau about. Uh, and and you could speak to this, you know, how this whole incident going on between Tiger and Bramble, that, you know, if anybody had a clue what some of these, you know, ball players have to put up with when they sit in the media, you know, bullpen after a baseball game or a basketball yeah. game. Sure. No, you're right. I mean, the whole thing, we're just kind of, you know, everything's sort of out of control, off kilter. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not going to defend Brandle Chambly for the things he said. I think, uh, he could have said the same things much more diplomatically, got his point across much better, much clearer without getting himself in hot water. Uh, if that's the point he wanted to get across, which, you know, I'm not so sure I necessarily agree with him there, but, uh, but, you know, that, that's what happens. I think we've got, it's the, you know, 24-7 news cycle. It's, uh, uh, beg your pardon, but, uh, talk shows, uh, people get on them and they think they have to say out something outrageous to attract audiences or attract sponsors or whatever. And every one of them, sooner or later, gets in some kind of hot water, you know? Well, this is where uh, the uh, career... Just they go a little, just because they go too far. This is the career crossover, you know? Just because you're a good golfer doesn't make you a great announcer, kind of like myself, right? Holly Holly will agree with me there. You know, or even, uh, you know, to be able to talk no, on think, the radio. Yeah. Not even I, close. I think, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think Shambly has done, has done a very nice job for, for a long time. I think it's when he tried to be, you know, kind of, you know, uh, over the top. Um, that's what got him in trouble. That's, you know what gets you in trouble? And it's not, I'll give you a newspaper uh, analogy to it is when our editors at newspapers ask us to, to grade players or to grade the, the teams, you know, at the end of the season or mid-season, and you give a player an F uh, or you give a player a D. Uh, you know, that sort of thing is, is completely unnecessary. 
you can write that story, uh, and there are ways of doing it, but as soon as you put an F next to his name, uh, that's when you get in trouble. Uh, and, you know, that's exactly what happened in, in this case. Uh, you, you know, and, and it's, it was, I'm not even going to say it's unfortunate, it was just dumb. And there you are. That's what happened. I was going to go with bad judgment, but there you go. <laughs> Barton always telling it like it is, too. And, you know, one of the best at our business, uh, past president of the Golf Writers Association of America. And, Barton, you're such a busy guy writing books and doing all kinds of things. So I appreciate always when we can get a little bit of your time. And we'll send you back to work, my friend. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you. Take care. Have Martin a good one. Check him out. He's uh, got all kinds of great columns and articles on there. You're listening to the Golf Insider 740, the game. We will be right back with Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so We're back. The Gulf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4. Wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly G and Rich B. And um, we're going to go straight to our main man, Bob Herrick from ESPN.com, who uh, has been um, covering the story. Uh, Brandlesham Blee, who was on the Golf Channel at 6 o'clock tonight. Bob, bring us up to date with anything uh, new and what you uh, heard in his statement. Well, it was, uh, you know, kind of a quick uh, jump right into the Tiger subject. Him and Rich Lerner uh, uh, spoke for a little over three minutes, and 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 basically Brandel, um, you know, tried to, I think, distance himself a little bit from what he wrote on Golf.com a couple of weeks ago. He he basically said that, um, you know, he felt Tiger was a little cavalier with the rules this year and that he should have stopped there. Uh. And he admitted that... Uh, um, you mean you he know, should have put that F underneath the 100? <laughs> I think he probably wishes he hadn't gone down the route of comparing it to his fourth-grade cheating on an exam. And he, he more or less said that. Yeah. Um, you know, and... Uh, uh, no, to be honest with you, I think if he had left it to to that, um, we probably wouldn't be talking about it right now. He'd have just been another person, analyst, what have you, with an opinion. There were a lot of people critical of Tiger uh, this year for for the way the rural stuff went down. Um, and uh, you know, fair game. Uh, it uh, it didn't look good to have that many rules incidents. Uh, but again, you know, and I wrote this on ESPN.com today in reference to what happened at Simon Dyson over the weekend in Europe. Uh, you know, he had a he had a rules violation that to me looked worse than anything Tiger did. You know, he 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 tapped a you know a spike mark in his line. It was as obvious as day. Uh, I think most of us know that that is you know it's just something you can't do. You can't touch the line of your putt. But do I think he cheated? I mean, I don't know what's in his mind. You just cannot know that. It, unless a guy kicks a ball out of the rough, um, you know, that is cheating or puts a wrong score on a scorecard uh, intentionally. You know, that is, that's, to me, although it's very hard to determine what was in a person's mind. In Simon Dyson's case, he might have 
just it might have just been a, a reaction, something that he does on the greens. You know, he he fixed his spike marks and he wasn't thinking that it was in his line. I mean, I think you have to give people the benefit of the doubt. And um, anyway, uh, it's uh, it's a very unfortunate that we got to this point, actually. Well, we've got uh, two things going on here. Speaking of uh, Europe, uh, the BMW Masters, which is the first uh, event in the race to Dubai. You've got uh, Henrik Stenson, as we talked about in our uh, last segment, looking at uh, possibly setting some big records here if he you know, should happen to win uh, Dubai as well as the FedEx Cup. And then, of course, the WGC over in China. So there's a lot of golf going on. No question. Uh, you know, in the, what's interesting about the WGC event is, is not only is it a big tournament in the end to the European tour season, it's the third to the last. Uh, they've got two more after this, including the Dubai event, which is their, basically their tour championship. But it's basically, it's also the biggest event of, of the season so far on the PGA tour. Now that we've gone to this wraparound schedule and it's the 2013-14 season, it's only the fourth event, but it's the biggest. It's the World Golf Championship event, and and uh, you know it's, it's sort of odd. These guys who play both tours, um, it's a huge event towards the end of their schedule, and it's a big event at the beginning of the other schedule. For a guy like Rory, he could start one year with a bang and end another with a bang. It's kind of uh, it's kind of uh, you know. I guess unique how this is how this has worked out in this manner. Well, you have a, a, a couple players that are in the hunt. Um, Stenson currently has what two million points with uh, Graham McDowell uh, second, and then Justin Rose just behind Graham. Is that how it stands right now? Right, and uh, you know, basically for them, it's just all based on money, and. Um, uh, so obviously, if Graham McDowell or Justin Rose were to win this week, uh, you know they they're, they put themselves in position to win uh, the race to Dubai. Uh, I'm not sure if they're playing in Turkey next week. Um, I know some of them are, uh, and then that that's what's a little bit weird about I think about their, you know, they've they've in essence made taken their four, last four events and and termed them sort of their playoff events. Like like the FedEx Cup on the PGA Tour, uh, the you know the only thing that's different is is there's not an elimination after each tournament. Uh, it's the top 60 gets Dubai, and uh, the problem though is not everybody is eligible for the tournament this week. You've got a bunch of European Tour players who didn't get in. It's not based on money. It's based on if you won certain tournaments throughout the year, HSBC champions or, or uh, world ranking. So some guys who are actually fairly high up in the race to Dubai are not playing this week because they can't. So it's a little awkward, and they might have to tweak that. And they're required to play two of the final three events to be, even be eligible for Dubai. So the guys who aren't in this week are clearly playing next week in Turkey. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure it all out, I guess, when it's over. Well, as you mentioned in your recent column, Asia, you know, really becoming an emerging market. Uh, last week in Malaysia, great win by Ryan Moore, uh, a player that, um, you know, he's won three times. We were speaking earlier that you know, this was a guy who had an unbelievable amateur record and, you know, seems, 
you know, maybe now. I, I, I would have thought he would have won a little bit more already. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about Ryan? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, it's a little bit perplexing that his his pro career has, you know, has sort of been underachieving. Now there have been some injuries along the way, uh, and uh, but yeah, I mean, he had he, in some ways he had a more decorated amateur career than Tiger. Um, you know, I, I believe his last year as an amateur, he won the U.S. Amateur, he won the um, he, he won the Western Amateur, might have been the Porter Cup. Uh, I think he was, if he didn't win an NCAA title in his last year, he might have won it as a junior. I mean, he had a bunch of prestigious amateur titles, uh, including a bunch in his last year as an amateur. And, uh, and now, you know, we're basically eight, nine years into his career, and he's only won three times. But, um, you know, he's shown a little bit of form here in the last year. You know, his name's gotten up there on some major championship leaderboards, uh, uh, he was uh, tied for ninth in Vegas before winning it in Malaysia. So you know maybe now this is uh, you know this is where, where he's finding his form. And you know, I, I think a guy needs to be in contention more and, and win multiple times in, in a year, uh, you know, to really make that leap. Uh, of course, we've seen some guys uh, you know that have gotten very hot towards the end of the year who'll be playing in this this tournament. Of course, and Jordan Spieth, uh, Jimmy Walker, Graham Dillette, who's um, debuting in a World Golf Championship. Uh, I'm curious, you know, Ricky Fowler, what are your thoughts on Ricky's season this year? Uh, you know, probably not uh, the best season he would have looked for. Right. He's, um, you know, he's almost become a bit of an afterthought. Uh, uh, when he broke through last year at Quail Hollow, you know, people thought that that might be what he needed to kind of, you know, become, uh, uh, you know, a player whose name is up there a lot. In fact, he did have a good stretch there for a while, and then he had some back issues last year. And, you know, he really I, – I don't really remember him being in contention that much this year. That is not good. Uh, I mean, he wasn't even a factor in the President's Cup discussion. You know, I mean, even if for a captain's pick, he was really nowhere close. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think there's probably some soul searching going on. I mean, he certainly got plenty of time and a young player and plenty of talent, but I think, I think you kind of want to start to see some more results. But if he doesn't win uh, often, he, there needs to be a win or two and, and some close calls. And, and we really didn't even see much of that. All right, Bob. Well, we appreciate your time as always. Who's, uh, who's your pick for this week before we let you go? Red Sox. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might get it done tonight, huh? Um, I, uh, I actually picked Ian Poulter, who's also had a very quiet year. He hasn't won since this tournament a year ago. It's so you think he's going to defend, huh? It's amazing how in the non-Ryder Cup years, you know, you don't hear much from him. And then in the Ryder Cup years, the guy will be on fire. And so, uh, since this is sort of in, going into next year, I'm thinking maybe he turns it around now. All right. Hey, As- happy Halloween, Bob. Trick or treat. Everybody right. stay safe. Thanks, Bob Herrig, ESPN.com. Thanks to Jeff Babineau from GolfWeek.com. And Barton Capellian from PGATour.com. As always, we bring you the best in the business, the Golf Insiders. We appreciate all of you listening. We'll be back next week. Play well. Play well.